listening to The Edge, everything bass fishing, coming to you worldwide from MegaWin Kill Guard Studios. And if you hear me pouting, that's because I'm still licking my wounds from the Red River BASS Open. Man, another mediocre finish. Dude, I got to break out of this thing. But the good thing is I'm here for another episode of Bass Edge Radio, where we're going to break down for the listeners education about how to catch better bass. I need more education, Aaron. Education is a wonderful thing, and of course, all of the education, all 385 episodes to this point, has uh, been brought to us by our great friends at MegaWare Keelguard. MegaWare, the studio is named after them, obviously, um, but MegaWare has all things needed for your personal watercraft, your bass boat, the uh, battery guard, the flex step, the do it first do-it-yourself keel protector, the skeg guard, the list goes on and on, and certainly check all those things out at keelguard.com. Kurt? A lot of things, uh, a lot of information, I should say, is being uh, downloaded Tons. and put out on the uh, on the airwaves. As is typical for the uh, last part of September here, October 1, schedules coming out all over the place, bro. I mean, from head to toe, tournaments all across the country. Pick what you like, fish what you love, and go out there, have fun. Man, you got to check out the, the MLF BBT schedule out the uh the invitationals now you've got the uh bfls uh full range of toyotas you got the bass open schedule elite series schedule man it is a full bore for 2023 yet we still have some events to knock out here in 2022 right yes. so uh yes, we what's your thought about some of the schedule things I, I know you saw one or two that were like whoa yeah, I, I had uh, one that, um, you know, kind of on the opens uh, with coming through uh, with Table Rock. Uh, the Toyota's, you know, series is, is, has a championship, I, I believe, that's going to be on Table Rock Lake. But Yeah, the, first the one, week of November. You know, we talked. Kurt a lot about like the St. Lawrence and kind of up in that area or Champlain of, of how much pressure those lakes get right when you have multiple tur- just tournament after tournament that comes through well it's that's actually coming to kind of my neck of the woods in, in Missouri to where Lake of the Ozarks which we just uh, finished you know earlier in, in, in September I too did not catch them just much like you were talking about but that doesn't hurt our voice from being able <laughs> to talk about this but listen to this next year 2023 in September you're going to have and not necessarily in this order but you're going to have a BASS Open, a Toyota Series, and a BFL Super Tournament in three consecutive weekends. Those fish are going to be dodging. People's going to need new, you know, covering on their docks because there's so many docks in there. Uh, it's going to be nuts. That's awesome, man. It's 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 crazy how these schedules come together these days, and how just you know take like you know like you mentioned. When's the last time a Bass Open's been in Lake of the Ozarks? Now they've had Toyota events on a fairly regular basis there. Obviously, BFLs happen there all the time, but uh, to really throw that back to back in there, man, it's it's fun to see these come together and then you know look at them and decide how we as anglers want to capitalize on how to have the most fun. So it's going to be fun to uh, maybe break some of these fisheries down and look at how uh, some techniques are going to come and be highlighted in 2023. Maybe we'll be able to hit that up later on in some future episodes this winter, Aaron, as uh, fishing decreases, but chatting about it increases, right? So it should be should be a lot of fun. Agreed. And uh, speaking of a lot of fun, we've got a couple of 
fun interviews coming up, Kurt, both uh, longtime friends of the project. Yeah. Yeah. We're, gonna, we're Interestingly enough, we're going to talk some more about Lake of the Ozarks here coming up. And, and then uh, obviously we're going to talk a little bit about the Bass Opens, man. The Red River just finished up where, where I, I struggle a little bit, but we've got the Red River Open champion with us on this episode. And the, uh, Kurt, Lake I, I, I kind of think that this is an episode for uh, you and I to get it thrown back in our face uh, we both we both didn't do well at the last tournaments that were that we fished you're probably right maybe yeah. we'll figure out why a That's little right. bit right here so uh, y'all stay tuned we will ask all the tough questions and bring to light how aaron and i will do better in the future y'all stay tuned with more bass edge radio nitro performance bass boats get pro level performance with the nitro z18 the official boat of major league fishing z18 with its nimble handling and versatility sports many of the features in the larger boats in the line like a guardian live well a heavily insulated cooler dual eight foot rod storage and our smooth and fast nvt hull every nitro boat is laid out to do one thing very well catch fish Enormous front decks up to 45 square feet on the Z21 allow maximum mobility when battling unruly bass and feature low-profile gunnels for ease of skipping, pitching, flipping, or landing fish. Nitro Performance Bass Boats, pure fishing machines. Aaron, awesome to see a Megaware angler get the W in a BFL Super Tournament this past month on Lake of the Ozarks. I know a longtime friend of yours. We're going to break down the win and how it all came together. Welcome back to Bass Edge, Matt Ells. Matt, awesome to see your victory. Thanks for taking the time to tell us about your unique technique that took you to the championship circle. Man, thanks, guys, for having me here. I'm excited to be here and excited to talk about it. Well, Matt, uh, certainly we've known each other for a long period of time. I don't know uh, who you pissed off to uh, get cursed with that. But, uh, you know, I, I do have to say, I don't I don't remember you letting me in on the uh, the swim jigging with a with a football jig, you know, amongst our group that all of us travel together, the gang, Felton and Bunk and Moon and, and Caldwell and those guys. But anyway, uh, tell us how this came together for you on like the Ozarks uh, BFL Super Tournament. Man, you know, I would love to sit here and take all the credit for it. Um, you know, I have a good friend, Mike Marfle, who, uh, who had had some success doing this many years ago. Um, and he kind of let me in on what he had, what he did back then. Uh, and since then I've just really been tinkering with it and trying to perfect it my own way. Uh, you guys know how it is. You can't go out and fish somebody else's technique. So I kind of knew what he did and I've just worked on it and, uh, and really created my own way of doing it. Well, Matt, reading uh, the breakdown that MLF provided, which they did a great job, man. You gave them a great interview after your win. Um, you find this pattern developing at the end of the first tournament day. I was, you weren't in the lead after the first day, but you caught some key fish toward the end and, and kind of developed this or saw this process happening. How did you then establish this to carry you to, uh, you know, a potential victory on day two of the event? You know, guys, I tried this in practice uh, multiple days uh, with no success at all. Um, and then Friday in the last hour of practice, I caught two on it and, um, they weren't big fish, but just gave me enough confidence that maybe I could get bit on it. 
Um, well, Saturday, uh, tournament rolls around. I just went back to doing what I'd been doing, just flipping shallow docks, just with a standard half ounce jig. We're getting close to the end of the day. And, and I got to thinking about, uh, last year in the super tournament, I lost three good ones swimming, a swimming a football jig and I had nothing else to lose. I only had two in the box. Um, so I said, you know what, let's just go do it. So I ran to a set of docks where I'd done it in the past. And, uh, I, I picked up with, these were a little bit deeper docks. So I picked up that three quarter. I kept the boat out of ways and I'd roll cast as far up in the uh, stalls as I could. And in 20 minutes, I caught four good keepers, cold out of 12 inch Kentucky I had in the box. And I was able to come in with almost 17 pounds, at least give me an opportunity to fish the next day. Yeah. I mean, Matt, you know, talking about fishing on the second day, because when I saw you in the parking lot, uh, you know, while I was uh, wiping off my boat or something, I, and I asked how you did, and you're like, you're not gonna believe this, but I caught uh, what was it like three or four fish in the in the last 20 minutes mike i'm curious on you know because of a football jig isn't real easy to and i know you mentioned roll cast but trying to pitch a football jig way up in there is pretty difficult what what are some of the advantages that you found with swimming that style of head you know fairly non-traditional football head design and then utilizing kind of the different weights depending on the depth under or around the docks yeah, you know, if you've got the right rod, um, you can pitch or roll cast that half ounce really easily. Uh, the three quarter is a little bit tougher, uh, but that that half will it skips well. Um, and I think to me the key is, and and I, I know anybody out there that's throwing a football jig and say you make a bad cast or you miss your brush pile with it when you're reeling it in real fast, you almost see like a bubble on the head of that jig. In my mind, I think that's what's a little bit different. I think it displaces so much water when you're reeling it in. Uh, you know, when you're swimming that back, it's displacing a lot more water than any standard jig, especially something with, you know, a real flathead or something that we typically throw underneath these docks to get them back in there that, you know, this is something they're not seeing. So, you know, I, I just give it one good hop and reel it in pretty quick. And, and uh, you know, they, they seem to really, when they eat it, they really eat it. There's no doubt you had a bite. Yeah, you know, and you mentioned three-quarter ounce and half ounce. Definitely larger weights than we're typically hearing about when you swim a jig, right? Yeah, you know, and I think that that's a, a lot of the key to it. Uh, most people, and, and me in the past, that all I'd always thrown smaller ones. But when I want to fish this fast, I want to cover a lot of water. And if I'm throwing, uh, you know, just like, say, a 3.8 or something smaller, I've got to swim that pretty slow to keep it in that. I, I try to keep it about anywhere from six inches to three feet below the floats at the very most. And I want to cover as much water as possible because, to me, the time is of the essence. And the more water I can cover when I'm doing that, the better. So I'm able to get that in there and get it back to me really quick. And a lot of times when I bring it to the edge, I'll just kill it for a brief second. And I think that quick fall, especially with that three-quarter, gets it bit a lot. Very cool, very cool. Matt, it's, it's often that the developing pattern or technique for an angler that happens during an event will, will kind of draw them to the winter circle. What's your experience with that? Obviously, this happened in the super tournament. Uh, and how can you attempt to replicate it in the future for continued success? You know, I think one of the biggest issues uh, that we have as bass fishermen is getting stuck in the past. We'll catch them in practice for three or four days doing one thing, and it's not working in the tournament, and we just try to convince them that they're going to eat that way. Uh, we've got to listen to the fish, for lack of better terms. And uh, and I think if we, you know, if we just do a better job of 
you know, the, the fish typically don't just leave an entire area. So we got to really think about, okay, they're here. Why aren't they eating what I'm doing? Um, and I think that that's the key is I think if we do that a lot more, uh, it'll all make us all better anglers. That's for sure. Well, that's good stuff. And certainly Matt, um, you know, you and I go, go way back. I mean, 30 years we were fishing when nobody else, I think that's actually how we met at some little tournament, uh, in Palm de Terre. We were the only two, the two younger guys, and you're certainly younger than me, but you know, seeing your maturation, your growth in the sport, there were some legends, right? I think, I think three Hibdens were in the top 10 with you, Casey Scanlon, right? So it's, it's not like this is some, uh, uh, you, you know, just little derby on a Wednesday night deal. So <laughs> very, very proud of you. Congratulations. Uh, any closing thoughts before we shut it down? Uh, you know, guys, I just, I really appreciate you guys having me on and, and uh, learning on the water throughout the tournament is, is just one of the biggest keys that, that you can have uh, fishing these tournaments. And, and I am, Aaron, you've known me forever. I get, I'll get out there and I'll get in a slump and I'll get down and, I'll tell you my uh, my co-angler the first day uh it, he was amazing uh, all day I mean I was struggling he could tell I was getting spun out and uh you know he kept all day he's like man you got 3 hours you got 2 hours how many times he, at the very end of the day he's like I guarantee you've caught five fish in an hour before you know he just had that attitude and the poor guy I don't know that he caught a fish all day maybe one or two shorts but I told him at the end of the day his attitude is really what kept me going. And, and it's really kind of given me some self-reflection of how I need to be. Great. Man. Like, like you had a life coach in the boat, right? <laughs> it was, and it was so cool. You know, I never met the guy before in my life and he, he was just phenomenal. That's awesome, man. Positivity so important. Matt, thank you so much for sharing your secrets to victory in that Lake of the Ozark a BFL Super Tournament. Man, it's awesome to see you on the winner's circle and, and obviously uh, representing Bass Edge and Megaware to boot. Uh, love to see it, man. Thanks so much. Y'all stay tuned. We've got this episode's Feature Angler Spotlight coming up right after this message. This is BASS Elite Angler Kyle Wilcher. This is Bass Elite Series Angler Bernie Schultz. This is BASS Bass Master Elite Angler Stetson Blaylock. This is MLF BPT Angler John Murray, and you are listening to Bass Edge Radio. Know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat, MegaWare Keel Guard. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare Keel Guard Keel Protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also for MegaWare Keel Guard, Skeg Guard, Flex Step Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare Keel Guard. Talking tin today in the featured angler spotlight. We've been watching them roll over the competition in this year's BASS Open events. Stack himself among the best of the best on the MLF Bass Pro Tour as well in 22. We've got 2023 Bassmaster Classic Qualifier and BASS Elite Series Qualifier. Recent Red River Bass Open Champion Keith O'Shea on the mic. 
Excellent to have you back on the program, Keith. What's up, Kurt? Thanks for having me. Uh, yes, sir. It's been an awesome week, and uh, man, happy to get it done on the Red River. Yeah, Keith, you certainly got it done on the Red River. I got to ask, has the uh, party stopped yet, or are you still <laughs> letting the magnitude of the last several weeks sink in? An Open Championship, Bassmaster Classic qualification, a BASS Elite Series qualification just three weeks ago on wrapping up the Northern Opens in the top three Angler of the Year standings. Finishing that series up on the Chesapeake Bay. Lots going on in the world of professional bass angling in Keith Pochet's world, wouldn't you say? Yeah, hey, man. We, we're enjoying every bit of it. Hey, I'm, I've been making my way. I'm down at Gator Tracks right now. Nah, we, I'm celebrating with them. I celebrated with my family uh, the other day, the past couple of days. Now, we're going to continue the celebration to Hartwell, and we're going to, I'm going to try to win the next three. I, I'm not going to let up off the gas. Uh, I'm going to try to get it done and uh, fish my butt off and uh, win this AOI, Opens AOI, and finish the season strong and uh, finish it out. Man, that's cool, Keith. It's it's been great to to watch this progression. You know, we've been friends for a long time. Long, long, yes, long time back, back from the Elite Series when we fished there together, uh, through the MLF Select events. Both of us started fishing that at the same time, and then of course you continued your career with MLF, and and now potentially going back to the BASS side, possibly fishing the Elite Series, uh, depending on your decisions for 2023. But man, I have seen this style of fishing that you're employing develop and maybe kind of redevelop from your youth but it's developed over the last five or six years, maybe even five to seven years. It seems you really connected with this style of fishing through the MLF select events, man. You began exploiting backwater areas, realizing the success that you could have with them and taking it to this tour level platform. Tell us about the history and then how you progress to where you are today in this shallow water, backwater success that you're having. Yeah, man, you're exactly right. And, you know, it kind of stemmed from, 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 you know, early on. And you know, I used to fish out of a big boat exclusively uh, when I fished Elite Series. And, and a lot of times I would try to do that. Uh, but, you know, I just didn't have the boat to, to be able to get back in there. I'm like, man, that looks good back there. But, you know, I get stuck or whatever. And I just it just it just never really materialized and we started fishing the slicks and we had a little smaller boat you know they put us in and it was just you know fishing on the fly and you know i'd go back in the creeks and i'd go way back and hit a little ditch and get slip up in the actual creek creek part and and i started having some success and 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 fishing you know confident fishing what i like to fish what i see visually see when we get there you know it's just it's just on the fly and and i loved that so much it was so exciting and and had I had a lot of success from that, and being able, having a little boat, I ended up getting a little boat. My uncle gave me. Uh, it was not a very reliable boat, but it, it was <laughs> it, it was getting the job done. I fished a couple of opens out of it, and uh, it's it there was no mosquitoes around. It smoked like you know the, everybody appreciated everybody appreciated me. You know, on a, on a hot summer day, you know we it kept the mosquitoes away. But yeah, I mean, I started fishing out of that little boat little aluminum boat and started having some success with it and i just started finding myself i started um exploring with that and what it did it allowed me to to reach areas that i, I couldn't previous previously reach with a with a bigger boat and I, it just i grew from there and things started happening uh i re i redesigned this boat got a new motor for it and continued to fish out of fish events and it was always a challenge because i was kind of learning 
I didn't know everything about what I could do, if you know what I'm saying. Like, I didn't know my, I didn't know what, where I could go or where I couldn't go. So I, over the years, I've learned how to, how to use tools and adapt and, and figure out how to get in these places, you know, with, within the rules without breaking any rules. So I just had to learn that over years. And then I started that, the, my YouTube series, Off the Grid. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm doing all this crazy stuff. I said, I need to show people because I'm, I'm having so much fun. And I, and I was with a buddy one day and, we went out and we did some crazy stuff. He said, man, you, I can't believe we ju- you just did that. I'm like, what do you mean? I said, I didn't think it was no big deal. He said, man, that's crazy. He said, people would love to watch it. And, I, and, I, and just kind of started from there. And that's when I started filming them and putting them out there. And people loved watching them. And so, but over the, over the years, I, I've just, I've learned what my boat, what my Gator Tracks boat will do and not do. I, I, I've kind of pushed the limits. I've kind of, you know, understood, you know, it's just like understanding a big boat, how fast, how to drive it, whatever. I mean, you, you get comfortable, you get used to what you, where you can go, how fast you can go, and all that stuff. I just, I've, I've understood the realm of, of what I do. I, I'm getting better at it, if you know what I mean. So, and yeah, and that's just kind of stemmed for the last few years. And I, I got it done a couple of years ago on a Toyota, running up way up the Flint River on the uh, Lake Seminole. And man, I, I'm after, I've had two wins, and they both have been out of these little boats. You know, yeah. two, you know, major wins. So it's 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 coming together, and I finally got it done here on the Red River at the, on the the open. So, uh, yeah, man, it's 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 special. It's sweet because I worked so hard. I worked my butt off. People don't realize how hard it is to do this. Like, it's it's so it's much easier to have a big boat and get you know have the live scope and oh, there's one right there. Let me pitch over there and catch him. You know that's so much easier. But I I choose to go the the a different road you know i like getting away from people as well that's another reason why i like doing it I'm, I'm not in the crowd i'm not having to you know you know fish behind somebody or worry about getting to you know my spot before somebody else does i choose to do that the guys choose to do to go their way i choose to go my way yeah. so it, it's just it's just developed over the years and uh i've learned a lot and it's it's a lot of fun man i i, I have fun with it and that's what it's all about it, it's I enjoy what I do. Yeah, that's I, good stuff. It's, it's not me going. It's, it's not. It's not me going out there saying, "Oh man, I, I got to go catch him on a crank." I find I hate throwing a crank bait or this and that. You know, I enjoy what I do. I'm fishing shallow. It's just. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah, that's, there's a lot to unpack there, Keith, and I want to get to it because the the difference is, I think, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's almost in your it's your DNA, and and we talk a lot about angler personalities and and finding what works for the making sure that you are. Mm-hmm. Kind of, you, you said finding yourself. I would challenge, hey, it's more or less a rediscovery. It's not really a paradigm shift for you. That's just who you are. And, you know, getting mm-hmm. away from thinking that, hey, I've got to have these big boats and, right, we, we are built on our, our, our economy is built on consumption, right, and, and selling and buying more. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's almost kind of like you went that road, but then you retreated back to what got you to where you are and, and kind of getting back to those roots, if you will. Um, can you walk us through the advantages and disadvantages maybe of, of now the style of fishing um, and getting back to your your original roots and kind of rediscovering yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, with, with anything you do, I mean, it's, it, it's not always going to work out. There, there's pros and cons on everything. And with, with doing what I do, you know, some of the, some of the pros are, um, you know, as far as being able to get back in places where most guys can't. Um, fishing for fish that have been, uh, that's, that haven't been messed with, and, you know, it's a deal where th- that's I mean that's really it's not a whole lot of pros. That's it because 
there's not a lot of places like that. Yeah, I mean, you can find a few here and there, but the, there's more cons than pros because I'm getting away from somebody, which is good, and, and I'm, I'm finding fish that haven't been messed with. But there's the, the cons outweigh the pros. The, the cons are, is, you know, I could I could hit something, break down. I can get stuck and, and not get out. Uh, the water can drop and I can't get in. Uh, there's, there's a limited amount of fish in these places. So, you know, you have to manage your fish perfect. You can't, you can't overdo, you can't go in and just can't whack everything. Oh, I'm going to call up by ounces. He said, no, you got to stop because you, 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 there's, these areas are small and you can't, you can't just whack on them all day. Yeah. You know, I'm running slower because you know, it's a smaller boat. I don't have the fuel uh, capacity or the speed like these bigger boats. Uh, storage, you know, weight is very crucial to these boats. They're very weight sensitive. So there's a lot of cons and pros, you know, and, and so the, the people don't realize that, that, that how hard it is that you got to work. I mean, physically, I mean, you have to, you know, do the work. I mean, you know, it, it's push pulled in or this or that or, you know, go through trees and you, know, you got all limbs all on my boat all the time. I mean, it's just... It's just hard. So it's, but, but every so often you're going to find those glory holes and, and, and man, when it's, when it's right and when it works out, it's, it's, it makes it so much sweeter. So but people just don't realize that there's a lot more cons than pros and there's not more disadvantages than advantages. Yes. I'd say. Right. Right. You know, it's interesting. I think about, uh, kind of some of this aluminum boat trending, Right. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you could say John Cox, you know, kind of started into the aluminum Mm -hmm. world a little bit. Lowen realized he was kind of that creek back end, shallow type angler. Christie's now kind of running that aluminum stuff. And and there's several others, you know, there. But but you have taken this what I feel like is to Keith style. Right. I mean, one step above further into this aluminum rig small boat uh backwater style of fishing how far can a guy push this style of fishing and uh, an interesting thing that you know i start to think about is what if there was like four or five other anglers that tried to move this direction would all of a sudden just like the brush pile gets crowded and you get three or four anglers firing at a brush <laughs> yeah. pile, does does the backwater yeah. start to get a little bit crowded? So what's your take on how far you can push this awesome strategy? And and then, you know, how can the future be affected from your success, essentially? Because people are going to want to emulate Keith Poche. Yeah. He's winning, yeah. he's doing well, and he's got a program that he's having success with. Yeah, let me just start with what you were talking about with some of the other guys, you know, John Cox and Bill Lord and Christie and, sure. um, you know, and, and of course myself now, you know, running a big ga- a big gator tracks, so a big aluminum boat. And so, yeah, they, they have the aluminum boats. I think John Cox is probably one of the few exceptions, big aluminum boats that can, can still get real shallow, shallow. Um, and it's still it's a wide boat, though. So, I mean, these boats are big, uh, but they're, they're pretty similar to a fiberglass. Um, and so, I mean, it, it's just a, they're, they're not, their, their advantages is really not that much greater on a big aluminum boat, if, if you will, you know what I'm saying? Because they're still limited on access, you know, access in places because of the size. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so, but yeah, I mean, 
my my deal is 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 you know you know downsizing small and 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 taking it to a new level like you're saying and 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 doing things that um uh that 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 other no matter what other boat you got whether it's a aluminum or fiberglass but it's a big one they can't do what i'm doing because because of the size and the tools i, I use and i utilize but yeah i mean you know i i, ho- I hope guys continue this i encourage people to do it because it is a style it's it's a it's a angle that i've taken I've, I've chosen to follow i don't know if i'm answering your question i couldn't really remember exactly what direction you want me to go with it yeah Make just it, just how how, how how i think you're perfect you know you've taken it to this next level because you're more downsized you, you're you're different than you know those guys took it to a level of aluminum rigging you know and now mm-hmm. keith pochet's taking it to and ex- particularly in this open series in 2022 to the next level of, of that downsizing yeah. and aluminum rigging. And some kid somewhere is saying, man, I can afford, you know, or yeah. my parents can afford right. a 20 or $30,000 boat. I don't need yeah. a 70, 80, $100,000 bass boat. So does now, now, yeah. this matriculate into getting uh, crowded? Yeah. <laughs> well, and like I was explaining earlier, I, I had to learn, and it's like no different than anything else, learn techniques. You know how to how to fish a crankbait, how to fish a jig, skip a jig. So, uh, you know, a guy can figure this out. I mean, a guy can take the time and understand and, and watch my videos and or, or go experience them themselves. Understand what your boat can and can't do. It's really fairly easy, honestly. I mean, as long as you have the right stuff. I mean, you, you, I mean, it's physically it's a little work. You know what I'm saying? A little time right. consuming, but right. but it's it's actually not that hard to do this. Like it's. And, and and to your point, there's already guys doing this. At this last open, there was there was a couple small aluminum boats. Right. You know, the, they call them, them South Louisiana. They call them jump boats. You know, they got two hundred on them. They're they're longer, but they're narrow. I mean, they could have got they could have got in that hole that I, if they knew how to run. Like the way I was doing, I was getting on the side of them rocks and I had a little stretch and a little span. I just I just jump up on pan. I just run in there and turn that corner, and you there. I mean, I don't know how shallow our boat floats, but I mean, you seen what I did. I mean, I just run up in there and push forward the rest of the way, and that was it. They probably could have did the same thing, but they didn't take the time to research and and do the time to put the work in to to understand where where they could and can't go, um, understand what their boat will do. So, I mean, they have the same opportunities I do. I mean, but so I mean, guys are are, are already doing it. To, sure. to a certain extent, but they're just not going to the extreme I'm going because they just haven't crossed that bridge. They haven't understood what their boat will and yeah. won't do. Maybe I'm, I'm just trying. I'm trying to. Yeah, know, no, that's pretty. You know, you've been yeah. refining this as we as we talked about at the beginning of the interview. You know, five, yeah. six, seven years. Not not to mention yeah. what your roots came from, especially in that Louisiana area. So uh, yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, you, your your places where other people are trying to get at this point, and so it's it's yeah. neat to see. Yeah. Yeah. Keith, we're, we're going to take a quick break, man. Talking small boat bass fishing, keeping things simple here on mm-hmm. Bass Edge Radio. We're going to power pole down for a quick break and return right after these messages. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the power pole is the ultimate shallow water boat positioning tool. Swift, power pole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, power pole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to eight feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. Power pole, swift, silent, secure. 
Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge is presented in part by Mercury Marine, returning with professional angler Keith Poche in this episode's featured angler spotlight. Mercury Marine, go boldly. Keith, we broke it down heavily in that first half of the interview of, of where where this development of, of fishing style came from. Let's let's dive into some patterns and um, things that, that you're able to catch fish with once you're utilizing this this new style of fishing that, that you're really exploiting out there. Um, let's start with the seasonal behavior patterns. You know, how does that affect the advantages that you have in this platform that you've developed, starting with the spring? And kind of let's discuss them all from there. You know, a lot of people would think, well, summertime, you know, it's not going to work that great. Or maybe in the wintertime, it's not going to work that great. How do you break down some seasonal behavior patterns and, and how you can exploit the small boat style of bassing? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a great question. And, and it's very, very, very important. So you, you, you have to understand, first off, that um, going back in these places, not all of them are productive for uh, a couple of reasons. The most important reason is, is depth. Um, if, if it doesn't have any depth in the back, way in the back, they're, they're not going to live there because of, of winter. I mean, it gets so cold if it freezes over or if the water, you know, another reason if it, the water, you know, drops out and it, and it goes to mud. So whatever place that I get into that I find, it has a substantial amount of depth in it. And, and it's hard to find those. I mean, they're not just, you know, everywhere, just popping up, you know, you see on a Google map. So that that's number one. And, and so seasonal is a big deal because those fish ain't going to want to, they're not going to live. They can't survive in, in a place that's super shallow, that's going to get dry on a, on a drawdown, you know, in a, in a winter season. So that's number one. They can't live in the mud. <laughs> they got to have some water. So, Understanding, looking back through through Google history, will show you that you know you go and that's just an uh, you know you can't do it on your phone when you do it on a computer like a laptop, but you can get on download Google and you can go back to Google Pro and go back in history and look at previous years on on a lake and it'll show you how that spot has changed. It'll show you with the water down, whether you know during the winter. So you get an understanding, you get a history of what this place has looked like. And it kind of tell you a story of if there's fish in there or not. If you know what I'm saying, like has it withstained a, a decent amount of water to grow these fish? Because you know whether they get trapped on a flood in there or whether they naturally grow in there or whatever. You know they have to be able to sustain a lengthy amount of, of time of, of life in there. <clears throat> so with that, with that being said, so but yeah, as far as catching them and and different times of the year. It, it, the colder it is, you know, of course, anywhere you go, it's just going to be tougher. But they, you know, they will bite. I have been back in places and when it's cold and, and caught them, I've had to slow down. But, okay. you know, perfect scenario is spring, spring, summer, and fall. Um, you know, I, I've caught them on a frog, you know, flipping the burka pit boss, on a slobber knocker. It's just really junk fishing. I mean, it's typically a shower deal. It's, you know, throwing like, laydowns or, you know, flipping some, some matted grass. They're so different depending on where I'm at in the country. Uh, you know, I've seen them super clear with, with grass in them. I've seen them dingy with laydowns, uh, some with, with creeks in the back of them, current, you know, tidal. I, I found a place on the James River like that, like the tide affected it. I mean, it was it's unlimited. There's places everywhere like that. But they all, a lot of them don't, don't hold the amount of bass. But, 
but yeah, it's it's real easy. I mean, honestly, if you can get in them, it's it's easy to catch them. I mean, you can use you know your favorite bait. I mean, it's because <laughs> they don't they don't see a lure. <laughs> yeah. So Keith, you touched on a couple things there. One, as far as you, you know, lures can be. Uh, a wide variety, right? But it's also kind of sticking with the basics on for whether it's this time of year or spring or or summer. Mm-hmm. But maybe you could help us understand what caused you. So for the Bass Edge Nation that's perhaps thinking about adopting this style of fishing or trying it out, what caused you to pick that creek? Like when you looked at Google and you said, okay, I looked at Google Earth down through the years and it, it definitely had the depth mm-hmm. of water to create an ecosystem for sustainability. Mm-hmm. But why that one? Why that one? Well, it, it, it ain't just that one. I, I, I fish a lot of them. I go in a lot of them. They're, they're, I hit a lot of dead ends. So that's what people don't understand, too. Like, I, it ain't just, oh, I've just found this one. That's the first one I went to. And, oh, I, I've got them. I'm, I'm on them. <laughs> right. No, right. no, no. Man, let me tell you something. I've done a lot of pushing and winching and going dead ends and cutting lay, lay down trees and using a, a drone as well, you know, flying up a drone you know, and, and looking and seeing real time what it looks like. So, yeah, no, it, it's not, it's not, let me just pop up in here. Oh, there they are. I'm done. No, it, it's, it's a trial and error deal. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of moving around, going here, going there, and a lot of snakes and a lot of spiders. So, <laughs> wow. Wow. You just gotta, man. You just gotta go in there, dude. Like, and, that, and those snakes down just, on the Red River, I mean, they, the, those are those are legit <laughs> water moccasins, cottonmouths. Hey, I mean, hey, hey, hey. Th- listen, this is no lie. <laughs> uh, this, I was, uh, I came here for two days, like a couple months ago. I had a couple days off, whatever, and I went, I went back in a place, and I was out on through. It was all a bunch of grass. A snake crawled, and my boat sits low. A snake, right. I, I swear to God, a snake crawled across the back deck and kept on going and went off. Oh, the man. Man, I jumped on the front deck. Those scared the heck out of me. Yeah, that's, that's the yeah. real deal. Yeah. yeah. But no, I mean, it, it's a lot of trial and error, man. There's no magic, you know, oh, yeah, that, there he is. that's the one. You know what I'm saying? No, you you have to go and go through the motion and fish it. And uh, sometimes you find them and sometimes you don't. And then, you know, that, that could be where if a, if a fella chooses this style, then, then that's where the adaptability comes in. Like how, how does the small boat style work on, you know, big water bassin in some cases, right? Because, because if you can't find, yeah. if it's a tournament and, and you can't find a, a cool little, little backwater area to really utilize and get away from other people your job is still to catch fish right <laughs> so so you- hey kurt that, that's that's probably the, the best thing you said all interview <laughs> because that's exactly right and people don't realize that they don't they don't appreciate what i've done all year i, I don't i don't go back in some some place every tournament right i, I don't like like more, more more most tournaments this year i fished what everybody else fished fish because there was nothing to go, there was nothing I could get into. Some lakes just don't have that. Or if they if they have a place like that, the fish don't live there. I, I've only done this two out of two two tournaments this year. That's it. Right. Right. So I mean, they, they that's what you know. Yeah, I, I, but I love fishing out of this boat. It's not just going back in places. Yeah, I mean, I try to find that, but man, I love fishing out of this boat. I just I feel confident. I feel good. Out of that boat. I, I don't know. I just, I just can't explain it. Uh, it's just something that I like to do. And 
Now I get wet sometimes. I mean, it's it, you know sure. rough water. Sure. I mean, it, it, it a lot of spray comes in the boat, but I mean, it, dude, I just have fun. It's just Bring fun, it on. man. Yeah, this is I, this I, is I poche style. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's cheap on. You know, it's it's, it's not expensive. You know, it's, it's it's cheap on gas. You don't have to spend a lot of money. The boat doesn't cost that much. You know, I don't have all this crazy. I don't have to buy all these electronics. I mean, it's just it's just an easy way to get on the water and be competitive if you're a young angler. You want to get your feet wet and start going. Literally, literally, get your feet wet. <laughs> right. You right. can get out there and and uh, and and start and 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 be competitive. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to have that boat, that big boat and stuff. So, I mean, if you got somebody, you know, boat in the backyard, whatever, knock the dust off that thing. Go sign up for a tournament. Follow your dreams. That's what you want to do. All right. We talked a little bit about lure selection and um, seemed pretty simple. You know, fish what you like, fish what you see. Um, not crazy. You know, no, nothing nothing crazy going on in these backwaters and creeks. Like I said, a lot of them are a little bit less pressured. So uh, mm-hmm. the fish can be a little bit, you know, maybe sometimes easier to catch. You, you mentioned it yourself. It's, it's not rocket science once you get back there, right? Um, yeah, yeah. But what I do think is – is interesting to kind of relay to the audience and and I'm interested myself is how about effective boat position? You know, you're, you're fishing confined areas, smaller areas, not (laughs) big, wide. when when you find, you know, these backwater places, how do you manage that? Do you fish slower than, than you would uh, if you're out on the main lake per se, or tell me about boat position, how you're effective in that process. Yeah, I mean, you fish until you get what you think you need, and then you get out. Even if you don't have to fish all of it, just yeah, you just fish whatever, and you fish close. Especially if you got a coin or something, you kind of you got you got man, yeah. you got to pick everything apart because you don't want to catch the fish. You got I fish slow methodically. I really, really fish it good before I move down, before I before I move off that lay down or that spot because. You know, because he catch one, that's that's gone. That fish gone. Like you, you ain't that ain't yours no more. Right? And that ain't counting towards you. So you gotta. But anyway, yeah. I mean, you really have to pick it apart. I, I want to be in there as least as possible. I, I want to get in, get out, fish the least amount of it as I, as I can. Get five or whatever I feel like the weight I need, and I need to get out. Right. Right. Yeah, and then go fish somewhere else, and, and maybe and that's and that was the difference on the river. I caught five each day. I leaned on him a little bit more the first day because I felt like I didn't have much. I mean, I caught a few more, nothing crazy. But <clears throat> and then I went out and caught one over three pounds in the river, both days. So, I mean, that that's really why I won. I mean, those big fish in the river. I mean, I didn't. There wasn't no big fish in. There. I didn't catch no big fish in there. So, it, it, it's just I don't know, man. I, I it was just my tournament. That's all I can say. When you and win, I, it's I, not. It's like you know. We've often yeah. said. When, when it's your time, it's your time. And, and although you put in the prep, put in the, put in the work, found, found a great location to, to go bassing. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's, it's not like, oh, well, shh, hand keys the trophy. No. He's fishing. Oh, yeah, no yeah, one else is fishing. Oh, there's yeah, a lot more now. to go. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's but, a but I, I feel and, like, I feel like sometimes there's that perception out there that, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, that that's the way it goes down, but but it's great nah. to hear the real story of how it works, the style of fishing, the the way you can exploit uh, the style of fishing to be successful, and most importantly, have fun bass fishing. Exactly, 
Exactly. Yeah. Hey, and Keith, before uh, before we head into the listener question, I do have w- one more thing I want want to get your insight on. Maybe help Bass Edge understand when we talk about right because there's different sizes of boats. When you talk about you know John Cox maybe or or others that do this, yours is different. What is you're you're definitely going to be fishing the Elite Series next year? Uh, I'm assuming. Um, mm-hmm. If not, but how will your boat be rigged or the best boat setup for 2023? Can you walk us through just kind of the dimensions, the horsepower, uh, things like that, just to really, you know, kind of finalize that that painted picture that, that you've talked so much about this interview? Yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of up in the air on it uh, as far as what, what I'll be able to run. I, and I know there, there's been some questions, some going to be some rule changes next year. <laughs> so I don't know if they're going to make some rule changes on size of boat or – and I don't know if that'd be leech. I don't even know, or if it's just you know, as far as how you ex- access a place. But, but yeah, I would love to fish this little boat on the Elite Series in uh, 2023. This same size boat. I have a 90 horse Mercury on this boat, particular boat. Um, it's actually rated for a 115. So I, I, I possibly will get this. This it's a GT Series, uh, you know, 18 foot with a 90. I may put a 115 on there next year if I can run this boat on the Elite Series. So I'm still kind of up in the air on what's going to happen. But, uh, but yeah, you, it's going to be pre- pretty much a similar type of boat, uh, rigged the same way, same stuff. I, I, I may put a, electronic, uh, some electrons on the front. I don't know yet. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know because we, we do go to, like, some, some deep water stuff that I feel like I would have to, like a St. Lawrence. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I just can't. I don't think going back in somewhere is going to be the deal there. So I, I may have to put a line scope or something to, to catch some smallmouth. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but, yeah, moving forward, it would be a boat similar to that size and, um, you know, that I would be running. I watched uh, your interview there with Matt Pangrak uh, a week or so ago, and uh, he talked about the schedules and um, mm-hmm. there, there's some you, know, you probably had maybe a little bit more time to think of it up to this point, although you, you're you don't have to commit yet. You know, you probably maybe maybe you have maybe you haven't made a final decision. It feels like you're definitely going to fish the Elite Series next year. Do you feel like the Bass Pro Tour is going to fit into that schedule as well or? What, you what, know, what, the, the, yeah, there was a little more conflict than I realized. I, I, I was looking at the dates, but I, I didn't factor in the fact that you know they were fishing some of the same lakes that fall into the off limits period right. so so I, I i've got to i've got to have some conversations with some sponsors and you know my wife wants me to go to leap series right so it, it may it may be a deal where I, I i fish both and i may not do well in one or the other but it keeps the doors open to, to continue yeah. to fish them in the future you know what I'm saying i may i may have to bite a bullet Right. But it, 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 it keeps me fishing both tours for the next couple of years. Sounds you know like a maybe, series, though, is a little bit of the priority at this point. Would you agree? If, if I, uh, yeah, probably so. I mean, okay. I'm fishing the classic. I'm fishing the classic. I mean, it, there's some th- there's some there's some huge positives on the Leap Series right now that that's weighing me that way. So, um, I, you know, I just I have to I have to go with what 
you know, what I, what, what I feel more comfortable with and what my, my wife wants me to do. Sure. <laughs> yeah, man. So. You got a, you got a family, you know, there, there's family yeah. involved yeah. in all this stuff too. Yeah. And, and a lot of yeah. people don't, don't, uh, don't see that side of it as well. Right. Exactly. Hey, last question before we run off into this, uh, listener question, you know, new generations of anglers really all into this live scope deal. And offshore, mm-hmm. obviously, there's a time and place for everything. Um, do you see uh, your ability, you know, depending on how things adjust? You, you know, like you mentioned in this interview, who knows what the rules are going to be for next year? Remember, Ot Defoe ran a uh, yeah. jet drive. I think it was yeah. it wasn't a jet yeah. drive. Or a tunnel hall. Tunnel hall. Tunnel hall. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And then there were some rule changes after that. Uh, there could be mm-hmm. some rule changes after this, but uh, you're, you're going to push the envelope to fish how you like to fish within the rules, obviously. Um, yes, sir. Teaching people and pushing this style, do you feel like there's going to be a trend moving in this direction? You know, I hope so, because, you know, that, it, it creates opportunity for people. I, you know, it, it opens doors. To, because you know it's 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 being innovative it's being creative it's it's doing things outside the box and that's how you that's how people get it done and it's fun it's freaking yeah. fun i mean how cool is that what i'm doing that's the coolest i you know and i'm i'm partial to it because i'm doing it but if you look at some of my comments on social media and and the fans they love it yeah. they absolutely love it so I'm feeding them, you know, I'm giving them what they want. You know what I'm saying? They love that style of fishing and and, and you got to be crazy. And somebody, people complain this and that, they, they can, they just complain. They, but they won't tell you the truth, but they like it too. <laughs> <laughs> right. They just jealous. They just jealous because they ain't thought of it. <laughs> right, right. That's great, man. We look forward to see how this uh, continues to, to develop. It's, it's going to be fun to watch, man. I, I feel like, I'm a little lucky. I've kind of seen the the progression and and really just followed everything it's that no you've secret. been doing. Yeah, it's no yeah. secret. They it's they have they have like it's been like something I just started doing. Like it's just no there's no secret. Like <laughs> it's amazing. I've been doing it forever. All right, so. here we go. Midway USA gift card giveaway with our listener questions segment brought to us by Nitro Performance Bass Boat. This question came through our Ask the Pros tab on BassEdge.com web link. Will Andrews asks, I like throwing topwaters. How long should I continue expecting to be successful on them in the fall as the water temps continue to drop? Man, that's that's an awesome bite in that time of year. I've I've won a couple of small tournaments, you know, fishing some local stuff. But yeah, I mean, I fish it all. I fish them all over November, December. You know, depending on where you are in the country, how cool it gets. You know, but that, but then when that water temperature really gets down, you know, I mean, at some point it just it does stop. But yeah, I, I chunk it as long as I can. You know. Um, because that's a, that's a good way to get a big bite. But I would, I would say what, I mean, probably in the mid sixties, low sixties. I mean, I don't know. You, you, it probably starts getting a little sketchy and they may, may start getting off of it. But yeah, I mean, I, that's a good bite, you know, especially a cloudy day, rainy day, throw it all day, all day. Absolutely. Uh, good stuff. And, uh, thanks for sending that question in, Andrew. It's awesome to get Keith's perspective on that topic. Andrew, one thing we do need from you, and that is simply log on to BassEdge.com. Click the Claim Your Prize tab, fill out the information, letting us know that you heard 
uh, Keith answer your question to receive your Midway USA gift card for all things fishing and everything outdoors. Reminder to Bass Edge listeners to send in those questions through our social media platforms or our website, just like Andrew did. Just look for that tab. Ask the pros. Have a shot at winning another Midway USA gift card right here from us on Bass Edge Radio. Midway USA, where they have just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors. Keith, great to have you back on the show. Really to just kind of see all your recent successes, but also just really appreciated you diving off into, uh, like you said, getting back to kind of your roots, your rediscovery of what got you to where you are, and then continuing to push that message. Just, I think, from a conservation standpoint, from many levels, it's providing uh, a new exposure you know, to the youth and to to people getting into the sport. Any closing thoughts as, as we begin to shut down here? Oh, man, I got a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, man, that's a loaded question. <laughs> no, man, look, hey, I just, I'm just thankful to get that, that win on the Red River. It, it was a tough one. I, I had some match, uh, adversity I had to go up against, but I'm just so happy and, um, I'm glad my family was there to, you know, experience it with me. And it was just a special, special time. And, uh, I look forward to, to having many more of those moments. So, uh, but yeah, it was just a great, great event overall yeah i want to encourage everyone to uh search up keith's youtube channel off the grid check out some of the cool stuff that he's doing out there in his free time not only in tournament bassing but just like he says having the passion for uh having fun with this style of fishing you can really see it in his youtube channel so be sure to check this out obviously keith best of luck capturing that BASS opens overall AOY. I think you got two events left. You got uh, Lake Hartwell, the final event in the Southern Division, and then, of course, the last event uh, overall and in the Central Division there on Sam Rayburn. So uh, that's gonna, it's all going to go down in just a few weeks. We'll know uh, here by the, by the end of October how it plays out. So uh, best of luck there to you, buddy. Stay tuned. Yes, We're going to return with some final thoughts from Aaron and I right after this word from our sponsors. You know the importance of protecting your investments. So why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat, MegaWare Keel Guard. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also for MegaWare KeelGuard, SkegGuard, FlexStep Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare KeelGuard. The PowerPole Charge Marine Power Management Station is the most advanced system of its kind available on the market. It does the work of three devices, a traditional battery charger, a charge on the run, and an emergency start system all in one compact unit. The charge lets you run your boat's accessories the way you want to run them by allowing you to monitor and control your power usage through the PowerPole app. It automatically devotes power to the batteries that need it the most for maximum efficiency. The new charge from PowerPole. Power where you need it, power how you need it, power when you need it. 
Kurt, there you have it, and there you are. We officially suck because uh, we have been told actually what worked and uh, what didn't work. But no, in all seriousness, great to have both of those uh, just accomplished anglers on on the episode. Like I said before, friends of Bass Edge for a very long time. But I kind of took away, you know, swimming three-quarter ounce football jigs, uh, drones, snakes, spiders, and positivity. Yeah, yeah. All those things very important. Let's up that jig size real quick, right? A lot of quarter ounce, three eighths, sometimes a half ounce jig used. Obviously, never in the shape of a football, typically. Matt doing something completely different. Love the way he feels that that water displacement is the key to that. Another key to that after he was kind of describing that technique was I really feel like that three quarter ounce keeping the bait lower in the water column, more in the strike zone where fish don't have to move quite as far to attack the lure. So I felt like that was one of the keys that maybe helped Matt win that win that super tournament, other than the fact that he's just a freaking awesome angler and putting in the time and making things happen. So that was my take on the Matt L's football swimming jig there at Lake the Ozarks winning the BFL Super Tournament. Now you've dove into all kinds of craziness. Snakes, spiders, and positivity. And, uh, and drones. And drones. I heard and drones. drones. Yeah. And drones. Actually, I've heard of the drone thing uh, before for anglers locating fish and backwater areas, specifically in Florida, like at Lake Okeechobee. You can go through a couple hundred yards or maybe a hundred yards or so of reeds where you can't see in that stuff. And then, but if you fly a drone, you can see there's an area back there to fish that you can have accessibility to. I see this same way with Keith, man, using that technology to find some backwater areas, some potential places where bass can live, that he can get his style, a small boat style of fishing into. So I thought that was, that's very innovative, something that could help anglers catch more fish in their own right. But, uh, man, just from the hard work and positivity, dude, I like the interview from the fact of Keith Pochet bringing his niche to light. So many times everyone wants to have a secret. Keith's, Keith's not keeping anything secret. Indeed. I mean, you know, and he has really found or rediscovered, as he said, his his true DNA of, of who he is as an angler and uh, really need to see. And I'm excited Really, Kurt, because of just seeing an example, remembering how when we were uh, young people and looking up uh, to anglers in the sport, and I always wanted to have a conversion van, right, and drive a ranger boat because that's what was on the cover of Bassmasters. But just think of, of, of those that are out there now and kind of latching on to his style of fishing and, and seeing that, hey, I can afford that. I can do this. What what a uh, what a great potential for our sport. Yeah, good role model, great addition to our sport from all kinds of aspects. So no doubt, no doubt. Well, we are officially out of time. I uh, want to encourage everybody to keep up with all things Bass Edge through our social media, certainly through the website uh, where many things can be found there. But in the meantime, Kurt, two weeks we will be back together again for episode 386 on October 15th. In the meantime, have a wonderful couple weeks, and I look forward to hanging with you. Uh, right there on October 15th. For Kurt Dove, I am Aaron Martin. So long, everybody. The Edge.
Edge is presented by MegaWare KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Nitro Boats, Midway USA, Mercury Marine, Power Pole, and Transport Graphics.